Today on Locked On Canadians, a Carey Price sighting! He's alive! <laughs> That's coming up, plus the future of, of Baron, same with Lee. Plus, we're going to talk a little bit about the Brennan Gallagher-Stutzla discussion, discourse, whatever it is. That's all coming up right now on Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi there, everyone, and welcome to episode 589, I think. I think I got that right before we started recording. Uh, to your first listen of the day every day, we're free available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, where we have now passed the 500 subscriber mark. Therefore, it is up to you now to send us your ideas for disgusting things I could eat or drink. So far, a suggestion <laughs> has been... I do the Hot Ones Gauntlet with the wings. We have a setup that's ready for me if, if that's what the, the viewers and listeners choose. Somebody said a ghost pepper shot. I don't know how to make one, but I'll look into that. Uh, there is a cocktail that somebody suggested with ketchup in it. Uh, it is a legitimate real cocktail. It just has ketchup in it. And I think ketchup is gross under the best of circumstances. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'm going to be that, that, that you're going to be voting on. So if you have any ideas for gross cocktails, things like that, anything... Uh, let us know, and then we're gonna put it to a listener vote, and we're gonna you're, we're gonna let you guys choose what I do on video, uh, and that's because you know we love you so much, and and Scott pulls pulls uh, food stunts for you know milestones and and mile markers. I figured it's it's time for me to kind of you know take on take on my portion of that responsibility. And once we get to a thousand subscribers, I don't even know what we're gonna do. There's gonna be a prize involved, and then I I, I don't know how we top. A ketchup cocktail or the hot one, hot ones gauntlet. So, I don't know, Scott. The more I talk, the more horrified you look. Well, I googled ghost pepper shot and got uh, Reddit threads that said I mixed one part Bacardi one fifty one with three parts Everclear, and then each one contains three ghost peppers, which just feels like a good way to to quite frankly die. Um, <laughs> there's a tequila infused with ghost peppers, and then there's a rum with Carolina Reapers. And my thought is. Uh, we've gone too far with science at this point, and I wouldn't want to put – I know that it's just one shot, but, like, no, 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 no. It's a thing that should not exist, to be quite honest. There's prairie fires as well, which uh, is has come up on the show in the past. You know, you can have me line up a few of them and do those. I've done them in the past. They don't have ghost peppers in them. I feel like I could tolerate more than one of those. I don't know why I'm giving the listeners ideas. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, let them figure it out for themselves. Don't do this to yourself. Like, <laughs> Correct. And I haven't even introduced my co-host, Scott Matlock, Scott from Have Size on the Prize, who is increasingly looking more and more horrified uh, if you're watching on the YouTube and a little bit like distressed on my behalf, I guess. <laughs> Just because like, here's the thing is like, I and whenever I do have Carly on the show to go over this, she can tell about one of the times I went to uh, Destiny USA in Syracuse when she was going to law school. Uh, I got goaded into eating hot, hot sauce by a bunch of people from GameStop. And we were. They questioned, they questioned, they asked you why you hadn't done it. You took that as a challenge of your masculinity and went and did it, despite the fact that I told you not to. Hey, everybody. Yes, she's in the other room listening to me tell this story. And it's. (laughs) 
it, it is not one of my prouder moments to say the least. So <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is a fun moment and we're already four minutes into the show we haven't even discussed Carey Price Carey Price is alive he is traveling on the road trip with the Montreal Canadiens unfortunately Justin Barron and Paul Byron are not but let's talk about this Carey Price news it feels like angels are singing the sun is out in Montreal right now it is a beautiful spring day it feels like the world is opening up everything is beautiful Scott, Carey Price, he's getting ready to return. We're not quite there yet. We've been told he's not playing this weekend. But Carey Price is getting ready to return. It, it, it is a huge moral boost for this team. Mor- morale boost? Mor- mor- morale, morale boost. And, morale and I'm boost. looking at the games here, and my thought is, is that uh, he's not going to return on the road. And my thought is he would likely return at home. And the next game that that is, is the Winnipeg Jets come to town uh, April 11th at 7 p.m., which would be a round one rematch or round two rematch. Sorry, they won in round one as Toronto famously blew a 3-1 series lead. And I think that wouldn't be the worst idea. I think he's going to play sometime next week. I wouldn't be shocked uh, if the plan is, depending on how the rocket schedule times up with this is that hey go play you know a full game or you know 40 minutes for the rocket and then come back and start for the Habs kind of like they did last year so um I I think that would be a lot of uh, would be interesting especially it's not going to be this weekend unfortunately though which is a shame because the rocket are wearing throwback sweaters and they are very very pretty and I would like I would like to own a carry price one of them but I do not have that kind of money it, it kind of stinks that Paul Byron and Justin Barron won't travel. Barron says he's fine after he kind of crashed into the end boards again um, after the empty net goal against Ottawa. And I don't know what might be nagging Byron, but the good news is I guess that they have options to fit people back in. I assume someone like Michael Pizzetta will play. Laurent Dauphin will come back into the lineup and they'll just kind of rotate guys through and see where they're at. But Carey Price is, is inching closer and closer and it seems like he's going to be back soon. And, I feel like for a lot of guys on the team, it's like, hey, you know, we're we're almost through the crap here. This is the light on the other side. The draft's here. Carries back in there, and that kind of helps meld the team a little bit better. I'm looking at Cap Friendly right now, and they don't have quite enough space to bring him back. Um, they're going to have to probably send down more than one player in order to fit him under the cap when he does return, when they do activate him. So it's not a whole lot. It looks like they do have a little bit less than his salary right now. Um, what? Sorry. Am I, I wrong? Think they'll pro- well, no, because Jeff Petrie is currently injured. I assume they might move. They might just see move how serious they might move the him. IR. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. They do that. All their problems are solved. Cause then they don't have to lose anybody except Samuel Montembeau probably has to go back on waivers. Um, which will be unfortunate. But you know what? Let's cross that bridge when we get to it. I do believe that they would probably set Carey Price up for a at-home return to the lineup. I, I think that that's what they would want to do for their fans. In the meantime, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about some leftover things that we didn't talk about after the Sens game on yesterday's episode. People are quite passionate about this, so we thought we should address that. And that is coming up in just one 
moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online where the game starts. All right. So, Habsens, as always, kind of a circus, but not as much of a circus as it usually is. Uh, and uh, obviously, the Canadians lost. But what we didn't talk about on yesterday's episode, and 100% it was because we wanted to record immediately after. So, we weren't privy to kind of the post game comments and the tension. Essentially, what happened was Nick Suzuki. Uh, did not it did not look like an intentional knee on knee, but that's kind of what happened when they collided. I think he was going in for a hit for sure. He got a penalty for it, which was deserved because he wasn't paying attention to where he was going. Like it definitely could have been worse than it was. So Tim Stutzla ends up lying on the ground, looking injured, appearing injured. Nick Suzuki gets the penalty, and it, it it looked like a knee on knee clash. But it also Nick Suzuki's not a dirty player. Like he was going in for the hit. He is intense. It was a deserved penalty. It was, it, but I don't think it was something where you know he deserved to be suspended or anything like that. So then after the game, I think that's what Brendan Gallagher was referring to, right? That that was a specific moment. Yeah, I have the quote here directly, and it says, "When I was a kid, our coach had a rule that if you lay on the ice, we didn't have trainers at the time. Which okay, that's horrifying for youth hockey. Uh, <laughs> if the coach had to come on the ice and get you, you're too hurt to play. You had to sit for a minimum of three shifts." He, and I assume he means Stutzla here, is a great player. I've played against him for two, three years now. In more than half the games we played against him, he's laid on the ice and he's right back on he's laid on the ice and he's right back out there next shift. He lays on the ice, he acts like he's hurt, he sells the call. He's on the ice that same power play. You know, there's kids watching and we're role models. If I was a teammate of his, I'd tell him to smarten up. It's just not a good look. Very talented player, very good player. He needs to stop laying on the ice. It's embarrassing. And I didn't get a chance to listen to the broadcast of this game because I was at uh, another game here in Buffalo. And I guess both Mike Johnson and Carlo Koliakovo said that he's developed, that Stutzla is developing a reputation as someone who sells calls a little bit. And yes, that's part of hockey. You sell calls to get calls at some point. But at the same time, the reaction that I've seen to this is that people, it seems like people are mad that, or that like Brendan Gallagher accused like Tim Stutzla of being the antichrist or something. He was complimentary <laughs> saying he's a good player and that he's selling calls. And I watched the clip from the Suzuki hit and it's like, he's not wrong. And the, the counterpoint to that is that people have been like, oh, because Brendan Gallagher never dives. I'm like, Brendan Gallagher couldn't draw a call when someone broke his jaw in front of the officials. So you wonder why everything it's, it's really dumb. It's really overblown. I don't think Gallagher's wrong and he's likely frustrated because the officiating standard in the NHL is bad. And this is a guy who's been frustrated by goaltender interference calls and non-calls, just getting the crappy down. Zdeno Chara cross-checked him in the face and got a $5,000 fine. And that was it. Like, I don't blame Brendan Gallagher for being frustrated. And especially after a loss in a tough season, with a guy who wears his heart on his sleeve there, it happens. He's got a right to be angry, and especially when they score on that power play where Stutza was lying on the ice acting like he'd been seriously injured. It's stuff Brad Marchand did early in his career, and I don't think Brad's really smartened up, but he's learned to kind of draw it back a little bit. Like There comes a point where you're going too far, and I 
I get why Senators fans are probably annoyed that Gallagher called it out, but at the same time, I don't think he's exactly wrong in what he's doing. I also don't think he was, like, filling his diaper. I think he's a hockey man. He's clearly an old-school hockey player, even though he's not all that old. He clearly belongs to that, you know, that generation, that mentality. I don't think he was being egregiously crybaby or whiny or anything like that, but people are acting like he, like, called the press in and was, like, crying for seven hours. And listen... As somebody who cries for seven hours on a regular basis and does not get nearly the same level of attention that Brendan Gallagher does, despite my best intentions, I'm an expert. He was not whining. He was, he was complaining, and that's 100% true. And I think it's fair. I mean, like, if you're the opponent in the same division where you have to play them all the time, yeah, you want to draw officials' uh, attention to the to the fact that he does sell calls. Yeah, you want to make it harder for him to do that. But also, if you're Tim Stutzla and you're getting away with it, yeah, you're going to do it every single time. Like, I absolutely, like, I would, I, I feel like both of them are in the right somehow because, like, when you're a talented player like Tim Stutzla, like, he's fantastic. We talked about it on yesterday's show. We don't have a whole a lot of nice things to say about the sense that they've got some players we really like and Timmy's one of them if you're that player and you're getting hit especially if you're particularly if you're one of the people on a team that gets targeted you sell those calls until you can't sell them anymore I don't care like that's what I would do you're playing you're you're bending the rules you're not playing completely dirty unless it's obvious dives which I've seen some obvious dives around the league that wasn't one. it was definitely a, an embellishment that's definitely selling right until they start penalizing you for it or stop listening to you, you do it. You're like, that's how you are playing to your advantages, right? At the same time, if you're Brendan Gallagher, you get penalties called on you every single day, like a million times a day. Um, you want to draw attention to that. You know, and, if you're, and, and I, a hundred percent agree with both players. I don't think that there's anything bad about this. I just, the thing that I'm getting upset about is the discourse, not the actual actions. I was going to say, to the person who posted a minute-long clip of Brendan Gallagher diving, uh, your third clip in there is Ben Sherratt, for one thing. <laughs> so I'm very glad you wasted a good chunk of your night splicing this together, showing mostly things that were penalties, and then several clips that weren't Brendan Gallagher at all. So, like... <laughs> that was really I, funny, I have I to say. I don't know. I thought, it, I thought it was a joke at first, and it turns out, no, they're serious. Like, if you search Brendan Gallagher on Twitter, it's one of the first things that pops up, which is just embarrassing. Like... I guess with Eugene Melnick gone, they needed someone else to hate now. So Brendan Gallagher is that guy until the next game when someone it's tells him. It's going to be Josh Anderson. I mean, that's fine with me. They're just mad that he's big, handsome, and can score a lot of goals. Like, the discourse is always dumb. Like, diving is not a new thing in the NHL. Sidney Crosby got wind, you know, was, you know, called a diver for years because he got the crap beat out of him when he got into the league. Sean Avery was a diver, and he's just a garbage individual to begin with. So there's that. But, like... This isn't just these guys. Everyone in the NHL dives one way or another. It's a matter of whether or not it's called. And a lot of that goes into bias from the NHL officiating. And if you call penalties the way they're supposed to be called, things aren't going to get out of hand. You're not going to have things like this happening. And that, yeah, Nick Suzuki's uh, knee or trip, whatever, was a penalty. I haven't seen a single Habs fan say otherwise. I... It's just the theatrics afterwards are a little bit much and it takes away from what you're, someone's trying to do. And it's just really stupid. And it's always stupid discourse because it's hockey and, you know, it's two bad teams. Like, congratulations that this is the high point of the Ottawa season that you beat the Canadians who are in last place. Congratulations. It, it, it's great for all of you. You just helped us get closer to the first overall pick. So I, I it, it'll move out of the news cycle in two days. These teams will play 
again, I think in like a week or so, 23rd. it'll be stupid then. And Gallagher's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. And you know, if you see Stutla is going to take a run at him legally or not, he's going to hit him. And he's, he's so, cause he's probably going to get a penalty or a fine. Let's be honest. Oh it's yeah, absolutely. Happen. I'm actually shocked that they didn't find him for comments after this game, but I guess you can just talk trash to other players. It's not about the officials, but yeah, cause I, see, he didn't say anything about the officials. He said that it was all Tim Stutzla's fault. So the poor officials got duped by Tim Stutzla. Like yeah. he was very smart about this. They've been duped. They've been <laughs> duped. I can't believe it. I did. Well, it's not hard to dupe an NHL official to be quite honest with you, but like, it's my my whole thing on this is dumb is that yeah brendan gallagher's not wrong could he probably have you know maybe waited a little bit and not been as heated about it probably should tim stutza maybe stop selling it so hard when he's fine probably but he's young he's gonna figure that out because sooner or later someone's gonna hit him for real and he's no one's gonna buy it that he's actually hurt so it is what it is it's dumb it's gonna be gone in two days we're all gonna move on to something else that's stupid to argue about so it is what it is. Don't <laughs> don't fill your diaper for a weekend about it. Don't make any more bad montages, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, like you have so many things to do with your time. Do not make erroneous montage. Like if you want to make a montage, that's great, but please use one that's actually accurate to try and prove your point instead of disproving your point. I mean, that's just that's just good sense, right? Uh, but yeah. It is, like, this is the thing. Like, these things have a way of evening themselves out, right? Like, eventually people are going to stop buying it when Stutza does it. And eventually Brendan Gallagher is going to calm down. He always does in the end. He'll, like, lose his head over something else. In the meantime, we are going to talk a little bit about the futures of Justin Barron and uh, Martin St. Louis, our favorite person in Montreal right now. And that's coming up in just one moment. All right, so before we get into our segment, please remember that it is Thursday when you're listening to this. Tomorrow's episode is the mailbag episode. Please send us mailbag questions. You can do so at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter. You can also email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Please and thank you. We love you, uh, listeners. All right, Scott, you've been doing some reading. Uh, yeah, do we want to start with Jaden Struble or do we want to start with Martin St. Louis? Why do I keep calling him Justin Barron? I don't understand why I keep doing because this. we have so many good young defensemen because our GM is good at his job that it gets very confusing and there's you know a lot of J names so I'm we sorry. have Jordan Harrison we have Joshua Wah and we have Jaden Struble and Justin Barron and 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 um uh I guess we'll start with the Struble things it's not so much a full like update but like Elliot Friedman just kind of being tired of dealing with Canadians fans and his DMs, apparently. <laughs> um, this comes from 32 Thoughts, which you can read on Sportsnet. Uh, Canadians fans are filling my DMs with demands for Jaden Struble updates. The 46th overall selection in 2019 is still deciding on whether or not to return to the NCAA Northeastern for a senior season, although it appears he's leaning that way. Remember, Montreal GM Kent Hughes knows him very well, so the organization won't panic if the defenseman chooses that route. His teammate, Devin Levi, told Buffalo he's returning, and a couple of players who know goalies much better than I do think it's a smart play by Levi and not a bad thing for the Sabres, blah, blah, blah. Um, it, it's not really much in terms of an update. I wouldn't be shocked if Struble goes back. He kind of had a rough season after uh, this year because he's had some injuries. Uh, the scouting report from the pro hockey group plays to his identity, plays a hard-nosed two-way D, used upwards of 20 minutes a game in all situations at the college level. He's not expected to contribute on the power play, but he's a good skater, explosive, fast on a straight line, heading out of his zone or tracking back. Capable with the puck, but not elite. High-end compete, physical element battles. Could end up being a solid number four. 
Reminds me a lot of a Joel Edmondson type profile, just not as big. And I believe when this started coming around originally was the news was there is a PTO for him in Laval if he wants to leave and sign his entry-level contract this summer. And I'm sure that they would welcome him with open arms just for the reinforcements at this point. Uh, but I don't think Habs fans are panicking after the Jordan Harris negotiations with Kent Hughes because like Friedman said, Kent Hughes knows obviously these guys very well, having his son been there and obviously going through the Harris negotiations. I wouldn't shock me at the same time too, if at the end of the week they're like, yeah, Jaden Struble is joining the Rocket at the end of the year and will sign his entry-level contract, et cetera. So uh, the biggest news on that front, uh, don't panic if he goes back. It's okay because he's going to play a ton on their blue line next year. That's the thing. I also just personally feel, we've been talking about this uh, yesterday. We talked about it a little bit, like the holes in the Canadians defensive uh, future and identity. We don't really know what it is. And, and um, there's no rush is the whole point about this. Like there's no rush for him to get to the NHL. Cause right now in Montreal, there's clearly an issue with defense. They cannot get out of their own zone. There's also one of the biggest issues that we talked about. I'm not going to repeat the entire episode that we had yesterday, but there's a lot of identity issues, right? Like what is this defense supposed to look like? What is the defensive strategy for the whole team supposed to look like? What are the forwards supposed to do? What's the transition game supposed to be like? There's a whole lot of question marks. And then you throw in personnel where like somebody was called up from Laval. Somebody was added from the NCAA. Somebody was traded from Colorado. Um, your, you know, your quote unquote, by default, number one defenseman has had a terrible season and is now injured and, you know, has personal issues going on, might not even be on the team next year. You've got a guy who spent a lot of the season out of, of the lineup, um, is now back and has like a lot of leadership skills and all of that, but he cannot carry a number one load, obviously, you know, and, and all of this to say is that the Canadians right now, from what I can tell, if you look at their prospect pool, they have a lot of really, really, really good options for defensemen two to seven plus, you know, the extra, they don't have a number one defenseman and Jaden Struble's not going to fill that hole. He's going to be great. I'm very excited about him. And the thing that I like about him is that the Canadians seem to be very, very focused on people that can skate. Everybody on the team has to be able to skate because everybody on the team is going to be, is going to need to keep up with each other. I love that. That that's one thing that they're looking for where they're not taking a chance on a talent with bad skating. It's just, it, it, it's just easier. You just kind of, you hit the ground faster when you have that. So I, I'm not worried about him at all. I'm not worried about when he signs. I'm not worried about when he comes into the lineup. What I actually am worried about eventually is what decisions do they make on that front when they have so many people, but no bona fide number one. Maybe they'll draft one this year. Maybe they'll draft one next year. Maybe they'll sign one. We don't know. But right now, that's the glaring hole on the defense on this team. That's something that they have to solve, whether they solve it now or in the future before they start contending. That's That remains to be seen. I personally, if they don't get Shane right, like we talked about on our episode yesterday, I'd go for a bona fide number one and keep him in a lower league while he develops so that he can join the team when the team is ready to be that like making noise young team. And it's an interesting concept is that what if you have a team full of number like two through sixes without a true number one, can you just spread the wealth out on that? And one of these guys might continue their development at the professional level and take the next step. It's like, it's really early to say, I know people really like a lot of what they've seen from Caden Gooley. Uh, I like a lot of what I've seen um, from Harris already in the NHL. Justin Barron's still young. It, it's too early to put a lid on what their ceiling is. But like you said, there's no one that projects immediately as that top pairing guy. It's a wait and see thing because development is not a straight line with a start point and an end point. It has ups, it has downs. Carey Price was up and then he was almost traded out of Montreal and then became the best goaltender on earth for 
most of a decade. Like these things happen. So it's all a wait and see. And speaking of wait and see, also in 32 thoughts, uh, this is thought number five. And I think this is probably the biggest point we can end on here is uh, Martin St. Louis on when he will make his decision about coaching next year. I think at the end of the season, right now, it wouldn't be fair for the players for anyone for me to focus on that. Things will take care of themselves. Let's just stay the course on what we're trying to do right now. And Friedman adds, I think we know the Canadians fan vote. That's a, a bit of selflessness that I think we haven't really seen from coaches. This is not Martin St. Louis trying to secure the bag. This is him, for a lack of a better term, giving a crap about the guys in the room there is that he knows what he was brought in to do. He was brought in to kind of help get this team back on track to restore some confidence there. He's just one of the guys, only he's a hockey hall of famer behind the bench now. And I was talking with Mike Obrand about this and you were on his intermission show during the game the other day is I look at this and I go, even if St. Louis isn't coming back to coach, that's someone I want in the Canadians front office right now, because something about it is he gets it. Even if he's an associate coach, if he's a player personnel guy or whatever, he's someone that I want around this team. He gets the way that players think because he played for so long and he battled his way through being undrafted through everything to get to where he is. And he's got to prove that again. And I really do think that he'll be back behind the bench next year. I think the biggest thing is they're going to look at this and they're going to go, we're going to do a two year deal and then we'll take it from there, depending on where we're at, because we get, we're going to see a lot of him being challenged now because he's going to have new players next year, a chance to implement his own coaching and his own systems in the off season there. And I'm really curious to see where this goes because I do think if it's not as a coach, I think he's endeared himself and proved himself enough that he's earned a front office job somewhere in Montreal, somewhere to help this team out because he, the dude gets it. He turned Cole Caulfield into a bona fide superstar since he's gotten here. And that doesn't happen by accident. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think for Martin St. Louis, he himself said he wants to coach, right? Like right now, his goal is to become an NHL coach. He's an NHL interim coach, done such a great job that, like you said, I don't think they they lock him up for a long time because there's so many things in flux. But he said he just wanted the opportunity. And I don't think that he's going to be the kind of person who is going to be like, no, you know what, in those 30, 40 games or whatever, I proved myself and therefore you have to give me a long-term deal. I, he doesn't seem to me to be that kind of selfish guy. I really do think that it'll be a shorter term. It'll be one of those things where it'll pay off later, right? Like Kind of like a bridge contract for an RFA where – you know, you give him a shorter term, maybe not as much money, and then he makes strides with this team and they, bam, they give him a lot of money. Like, he gets paid on par with some of the most accomplished coaches in the league. I think that's totally fair. And the thing that I want to say about Mike O'Brien before we, like, uh, end is he's halves last on Twitter. He started this new thing where in the intermissions, uh, in the second intermission of every game, he's going to do a Twitter space where he's going to have a guest and he asked me to be the first guest. And I was, I, I was so honored. I was like so excited about that. Um, and um, anyway, you know him as a guy who makes jokes about the Habs, but he is apparently from that conversation that I got, he's a super nerd about hockey. So we're going to bring him on and we're going to talk concepts and systems with him. And that's going to be in the off season. We've got a whole bunch of guests planned for the off season. So we hope you're going to stick around. You can find us 
anywhere you get your podcast. You can also find us on YouTube. Please subscribe to get all this great content. Don't forget to send us your mailbag questions at LO underscore Canadians on Twitter or LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. If you want to find Scott on Twitter, he's at Scott Matla. If you'd like to find me, I'm at The Active Stick. Thank you so much for listening. And when you're done listening to this episode, check out Locked On Fantasy Hockey because now's the time of year where they are the most important listen you will have after us.